Hello, and welcome to another episode. Hold on, I feel like I'm like suffocating. I had a moment between hello and episode. <clears throat> I had a moment of just like a slight, mild difficulty in breathing. And so between like hello and welcome and episode, I was like, I'm dying. It's all over. That's it. Like I, my entire not my entire life, because that would be kind of annoying. I, like, really hope my whole life doesn't flash before my eyes before I die, because that's just, it's, like, a lot of work. Like, there's a lot of shit I don't want to go back through. But but it was between hello and dying, or whatever, hello and car. I'm not even in the car. I'm in my bed. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Bed show with your host, So Sad Today. Yeah, it's just, like, I'm laying down. Um, my titties are still really big, so my bra is tight and, you know, I mean, California air quality, I don't know, you know, the whole state's burning down, but that probably has nothing to do with it. You know, it's definitely an internally driven death and it's all over for me. Um, you know, so the decision was, was made between welcome and show that it was all done, but here I am on the other side. Here I am. When I used when I used to get like when I first started getting panic attacks many many moons ago. Uh, now that I'm a little long in the tooth, but when when I first started getting panic attacks, I used to get them in the morning. It would be when I would have withdrawals from alcohol. It was sort of when I first really, I guess, had like fully transitioned into like full dependence on it. But I would wake up in the morning and I would feel like I was dying every single day, and it wouldn't matter that the day before. I hadn't died. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've definitely tried to play that game a number of times with myself with panic attacks where I'm like, well, you felt this way before and you didn't die. So, but there's, I guess there's no reasoning with the body, you know, the body knows. The first time I realized the body knows was actually like, I mean, it was like, it was like two years ago. Um, you know, it was like, um, because I'm a slow learner. And I was watching, I think it was like my 600 pound life or something. It was some reality show that was like very cruel and awful. And um, I was like, why am I watching this? You know, like I'm not, but it was like fine. I was just like watching it. And then, um, and then like a couple hours later, I, I was then, I then realized like, like my whole, like, I just felt like I was like in mourning, you know, like it was just my whole, I, I felt awful. And I was like, oh shit. Like, wait, like things do affect me. Like I never think things are going to affect me, I guess, because like I learned to put myself into sort of a, like a coma from a young age, you know, like a protective comatose sort of state. Like I'm very good at the coma. I, I, if I do say so myself. So I always think like things aren't going to affect me, but like, it's sort of like the same as when I got very like two years ago, um, also two years ago, I guess this was like a, it was a big year of learning for me. Um, on September 11th, I still feel like I'm sort of gasping for breath, but it's definitely more of like a tension thing than it is. Like, I, I don't think it's death. Um, I think that if I die while recording this episode, like I'd hope that no, I would hope that nobody would, that they, that it wouldn't get posted, you know, like I never liked that mid death recorded or mid death work that people sort of like capitalize. It's like, just, you know, cause like as an artist, and, and not that I would call what I'm doing right now art and nor do I edit it, but as an artist, people should be allowed to like edit their own stuff, you know? And so it's like, just because you die in the middle doesn't mean it's like you were ready for it to be out in the world. So I would hope, so who knows? 
who knows if this if this shot is ever going to actually reach you all. But um, but if it does, you know, like two years ago on September 11th, I was um, I got really into like Googling all the jumpers and I spent like probably like nine hours like enmeshed. Maybe not nine. It might have been nine minutes, but it was like, you know, it was too much for me. It was too much for me. And I got like really enmeshed in it. And I was like, it's fine. fine." And, you know, because you get sort of I guess it's like a very human thing. Right. Like we're very removed from death in this society. Um, And so, you know, when like we experience, you know, it's like when you drive by an accident, you look but, you know, it's kind of – but I and I also, I guess, when it's, like, a really particularly sort of awful death or, like, an unimaginable death, you know, there's something – I mean, I guess it is – in a way, it's a drug, right? It's, like, I guess that's why they call it, like, disaster porn because it does – it does release some chemicals within us. So, you know, it's, like, ooh, ooh. And it's it's not a good thing, but it's um, it's a way of changing how we feel. You know, it's something – it's something. And so, but I was like, no, this is fine. This is fine. And like, and then was like fucked for like four days after. And I was like, oh, that affected me. Um, I also had that same experience with the, um, with the, with the Oakland ghost fire. Um, not going to get into that one because I went so deep into that one that I can't even talk about it. But, um, yeah, like it's just, you know, it's like toying around. I remember also like back in the day when I worked in an office too, I'd go on like different suicide memorials. I guess I just was like, I really need to feel something else, you know, but then like it would just fuck me up. But like I wouldn't, I, I, I never know till after that something is going to fuck me up, you know. Um, And I guess that is because I'm, I'm, I'm good at being comatose, so I, like, don't really process anything while it's happening. Like, I, I'm good at not taking – I don't know if it's good. It's actually probably not good. But I am uh, skilled. Um, I am a skilled coma craftswoman. Um, I'm a master dissociator, you know. Like, I've got my – I've got my – my my. I don't know about black belt. I don't know that I'm a black belt in anything, but at least, like, the second to highest, right? Like, I'm studying – with Mr. Miyagi, like the dissociation, like I'm really getting there, you know, like I'm good. I'm good. Let's just, I shouldn't be afraid to to compliment myself. I'm good. I'm a good dissociator. And so, um, you know, so I don't necessarily like feel it in the moment, but then I'm always like, oh, this won't affect me. But then like everything fucking affects me. And, and the reason why I think not only the reason why I, I became such a good dissociator, not only because of maybe, you know, childhood external stuff, but, but because like I am, I'd say, you know, a fairly sensitive lass on the inside. So it was like, that was the way of sort of husking. Right. But like shit gets through the husk. It gets through the husk. And so I've become more aware of, uh, like this year, nine 11, I, I didn't eat because my, I remember I was talking to my sister, on the 10th. And she was like, Oh, 9-11. Like, I know I'm going to like watch like the stuff. And I was like, listen, you don't have to watch it. Like, why do you have to watch it? You don't have to watch it. You're not, it's not like, you know, you're not, it's not like you're a religious person and it, and it's your holiday. And like, you have to, you know, go take the wafer of like CNN or like YouTube like, you don't need to take the YouTube wafer, you know, like you're not observing. So, um, but I don't know. She probably watched it anyway, but, um, but I did not, you know, so I've actually learned something. Um, I've actually learned something, but, 
Um, anyway, so yeah, so I'm in bed. Um, here it is, you know, I don't, I guess I leave the house even less now. Um, and, um, I'm having, I'm having fucking YooHoo, which is so exciting. Um, I found it on Amazon. I guess they still sell YooHoo at stores, but I found like this, mm, I found this juice box YooHoo. And what's nice about it is that, um, the best thing that has happened to me in a really long time happened to me earlier this week. Um, I was at Walgreens and I was in the um, seasonal aisle and I found this fucking cup. Okay, this cup. And you can only, I've looked online for it because I wanted to buy like a, a lot of them. Like I, as soon as I realized how much I, I, so I bought it. And then like when I took it home and realized how in love with it I was, I wanted to buy like 10 more, like give it to your friends and whatever. But it's not online. You have to go into the Walgreens store and it might be almost out because when I returned to the Walgreens, there were two more left and they were on sale for like $2.99 cause it's a summer item. I mean, I went, I was like entering the ISBN. I'm going to tell you about this cup in a second. But I just, it it's like this cup has changed. It's changed. It's really changed a lot of things for me. Um, this fucking cup. But anyway, you have to get it. All right. So this cup, it's a 22 ouncer, plastic, 1980s style. Like you know those sort of plastic. Like it's, they call it a beach mug. It's a plastic beach mug. It's got a lid. It's got a purple squidgy straw. All right. It's got a hot pink lid that that snaps on. Um, it's not one of those bullshit like tumblers, you know, those plastic tumblers they sell at Target. This is like one of those old like like 7-Eleven style, like when you would get the big gulp in the like the 64 ounce plastic mug with the straw. That's what's going on here. That's the sort of like shape and feel of this mug. And then it's really, it's so gorgeous. And then they have like a chill wave vibe, sort of like a, like a, like a 2013 Miami horror. I guess they've just caught on to like chill wave or vapor wave. And it says summer and the summer is written in Pac-Man type letters and then vibes and the vibes is written, written in hot orange. There's a sunset, there's palm trees and there's a fucking flamingo. This fucking mug, okay, it's going to be summer for the rest of the year for me. So now I own three. Um, I think I like it a tiny bit less now that I've gotten the other two because, like, of course I had to hoard. Like, the next day I had to go back to Walgreens and hoard them in my trunk. But I don't know. But I still love it. And so I took um, two of the YooHoo's, the juice boxes, which are only 100 calories each, which to me seems very reasonable. And I squeezed them into my special cup. Um, it was sort of like, it, it was a good feeling. If you've ever squeezed a juice box upside down, it's like, um, it's sort of like pissing. Like it's, 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 you know, I mean, let's just be honest. I've always wanted a cock and it feels, it, it sort of is, it's the way it, I would imagine maybe not coming, but like pissing with, with a dick might, might feel it's, it's, and not to equate penises with power, not to equate penises with power, but to me, it feels like a very powerful experience. Um, you know, the squeezing of the juice box and it does remind me, though I've never experienced it, of what it might be like to, um, to, 
to piss with a dick. Not to say that a dick is power, not to equate. I don't know. I got in trouble once on Twitter for like doing that in one of my books or something. I don't, I don't know. But whatever. Um, but so so not to say that like having a penis is more any more powerful than having a pussy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that both squeezing the juice box upside down, A, reminds me of what it might be like to piss with a dick, and B, feels very powerful and satisfying. But I'm not being Socratic. I'm not saying A, therefore B, okay? I'm just saying these two things are happened at once um, with the juice box. Um so, so that's, yeah. So, so I got my summer vibes mug, um, mm, as the state burns down and, um, what can I tell you? Um, I had, I did have another, I had like another kind of good thing happen this week besides the mug. Um, there was a, I had my first announcement ever in deadline, which is like the variety Hollywood reporter type magazine, um, or like online thingy, um, I had my first announcement in there, um, about, uh, and this was about the, that milk fed has been optioned. Um, and then I'm going to write the pilot. Um, I have optioned some of my other work before, and I've, I've sold some stuff in Hollywood enough to get health insurance for a few years with the writer's guild, which was really cool. Um, but it was never announced before. Um, I guess a lot of times, I guess the places want to wait to see if they actually like shoot the thing or, you know, if it gets a director and everything takes so long. So I'd never had an announcement. So I never got to post, um, on Facebook for like, really the whole thing was about the guy I blew in the stairwell in college. Cause I actually, you know, I used to like love, I used to love the dopamine of sharing like the news of shit. This time it, it actually felt like too much chemicals. Like it felt like, like I kind of, I felt really like unsteady the rest of the day. And I just kind of wanted like shit to go back to normal, um, afterwards. The, the other thing about the announcement was I feel like right now is just such a, like, it's not a good time to be like announcing like something good that happens, you know? Like I definitely, it was like post- and then quickly followed by shame and guilt, and then quickly followed by terror, fear. And I immediately went from like posting this very nice piece of news to, um, or sharing it or whatever on like my different things. Also, it took me a while to figure out how to cut the announcement into a square for, for Insta. I couldn't, I was, I spent like half an hour trying to figure out like how to bet. Cause I, there was like certain information I wanted in there. And so like how to get all of it in the square. Um, but, but yeah, so I went from like, sort of, I posted <clears throat> and then it was like immediately into guilt and shame, which that's not new. Um, and then fear. And then I started worrying about the evil eye immediately, like, just like, should I be sharing this news when shit is fucked? You know, I mean, I, personally, like, it's not like I'm ever that happy. It's very rare that I'm like that happy to see someone post good news, whether or not the world is fucked or not. I mean, no offense. Yes, there are a couple of people, we've discussed this. There are a couple of people in my life who I'm like very excited when good things happen to. But when it's just someone sort of in my general orbit, I'm always like, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, no oh no, like I should, like, oh no, like what, how does this, re- like this reflects badly, like, oh no, 
Like, I'm fucked, you know? Like, why am I not doing that? Like, what's wrong, you know? But then when I post something, when something good does happen, then it's, like, kind of, um, there's, like, a guilt and shame. So I guess it's, like, all a joyless experience. I wouldn't say this was totally joyless. There were, there were some nice elements of it. Like, it was really nice that um, the dude I blew in a stairwell um, I don't know why I, I don't know why I focus on him because it's not like there haven't been like multiple people I've like blown and eaten puss and whatever who like have vanished from my life and then I felt like shit. But more just like this one for whatever reason, you know, it's it's like it's stuck. And so I was I was like, yes, he has seen it. And also like an ex an ex of mine saw it. And so those were like two nice sort of superficial things that happened, you know, like I was, I was, I felt good about that. Um, another good thing that happened was when I shared the link, I texted the link to my parents and it was interesting. Like I realized I've grown a lot because I literally, I expected, I expected nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like in the past when I would share like good news with my mom or whatever. My dad, my dad actually can be really good about it. He, I think he just didn't see the text. Um, but in the past when I've shared good news with my mom, you know, it's like, I would, I would expect just like, like a little tiny something, you know, like I long ago, you know, I would tap dance for approval. I would tap dance for approval. And, um, you know, I've, I've, tap danced slower over the years. And and then I took off my tap shoes, um, you know, and it's been like a long process, but I think that there was still like a part of me that really wanted always just like a little, like it just like a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Just the dregs, just a little bit of like, not her not reacting in the only way she's able to react, which is kind of like, First, she has to, like, screen it for, like, anything that could reflect badly on her. Then it's, like, anything that could go wrong. Anything that could keep me out on the West Coast and, like, not back to the East Coast. You know, like, anything embarrassing. Um, And also just kind of, like, fear, right? Because that's, like, her schema is fear. And so I realized I did share it, but I expected nothing, I expected nothing. And, you know, she wrote, she was actually, I didn't get like a, 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 um, like any kind of bad response. Like, I think she would send like an XOXO or something like that. Like it was good. Like it was a good, you know, it was like not, I've definitely gotten, uh, way worse, but, um, but just the expecting completely nothing and being really free of that, was like pretty remarkable to me. Like I'd say that was kind of like the best part of the whole experience was like, oh shit, like the work that I've been doing has paid off. And it's really, again, what I really think has shifted the game for me is this work I've been doing that I've discussed with like looking at the words like selfish and self-seeking in a different light, like selfish making things that aren't about me, about me. So like my mother doesn't have it to give, you know, it, when it, I mean, if it's certain things she does, like getting into like a certain college, she did, um, 
you know, my sister having a baby, she did. Me getting married, she did. You know, there are, there are things that she has it to give because they fit into the narrative. But she but she really doesn't, I can't be reliant on that. She doesn't, she doesn't have it. It's just not, she has the fear, you know. She's not going to, like, be a different person, Um, you know. And while I guess a lot of mothers would like to have sort of, like, bragging rights or whatever, like her fear eclipses that, you know, like her fear, it just eclipses that. So, so selfish for me would be to, and here's the thing, I'm not doing this to beat myself up and be like, you're selfish. I'm doing this to like help myself and like get kind of free ish in this regard. And so selfish for me is to like interpret is to take it personally, you know, to feel ashamed to feel like to want something to be to want something and then to feel ashamed when I don't get it and feel like it's really about me like like oh like why did you why did you like share this with her like you fucking idiot you know just like that shame right kind of the same shame and fear that I feel when I shared the good news publicly you know like like that it's not a good idea you know that like ooh but so selfish, I guess, would be to make my mother's response about me rather than her own, rather than to see it as like her own limitations and kind of her own loss, right? Like if my mother's not able to, um, you know, enjoy this fucking like what the, the thing that she squeezed out in the world out of her vagina, like she's not able to like, you know, be excited about like who it's become like that's that's a shame for her. So like that's the selfish piece. And then the but really for me with this it's the self-seeking piece because it's like sometimes what we're seeking like for me with this, what am I seeking? Okay, so what I'm seeking is not something that another human being wouldn't seek. You know, like all human beings or most, I guess, want like they want to they want like their parents to be proud of them, you know? Like they want like unconditional love and and that that pride and um hold on hold on pickles at the door one second speaking of unconditional love come in get in here um they want um unconditional love and you know for their parents to be proud of them and that's like that's that's fine like there's nothing wrong with me wanting that from a parent the problem is when you're going to the source that doesn't have it to give. Then I think it's important to at least know, okay, like I am seeking something for myself that isn't there. It's just not there. Like maybe, and that's, sometimes it's there, occasionally it's there, but that's even like more deceptive. So also like not getting attached when like there is a positive response you know, like trying to, how do you remain neutral? And this is really like, I really, I think like you, it doesn't just happen overnight. Like I really had to mourn, like I had to mourn that sort of old pain and that old hope that like she would be the one to change, you know, or, or, and I had to like let go of like the idea and that's why like I kept being like well I can like I just want a little bit like I just want a little bit of like pride or you know or like I just uh, just a little you know but it's like no no like like you have to you have to want nothing like you have to expect nothing and and that doesn't that doesn't um 
it doesn't, I don't know how to explain the way that it like, it's very, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I did have to mourn it. You know, I did have to like want and like face the fact that I want and like, I'm not going to get, and it's like actually not safe for me to like want it that, but from there, I can want it in other places. Cause I can like, you know, there's like, um, there, that's the other thing, like the world, like there are, there are like places where you can then turn like other human beings who have it, you know, although sometimes doesn't it just feel like when it's the human beings, it's like, oh, the ones who are going to like, I'm like, oh, the ones who are going to like love you unconditionally and be proud of you. It's like, great. Like, you know, because there's, I guess we spend so much time or I spent so much time like with the truck, like if I, like if I can like believing that, like, it's the one that I have to convince that's the one worth having. You know, it's the one, it's what I have to work for that is like worth having and, and, and a love that is, that is more easy or a friendship or a kindness that is more easy, you know, I was like, oh, well, there must be something fucking wrong with them. You know, like that must, that must not be worth having. And like, I better not listen to that or I'm going to go down like the fucking, the, the drain. Like I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to stop trying to prove to, to whatever illusion or illusion of a person or fantasy of a person that I'm trying to win like if I if I just like quote unquote let the right one in, you know, if I just like go where it's warm, if I go where it's where there's peace and where there's ease, um like that's not how the world works, honey. Like you're gonna become ill-equipped. You're gonna it's gonna be a fool's paradise. Fool's paradise, you know, and you are not gonna be prepared. And like that's not worth having. You know, that's not real, right? That's like kind of the way that I've, and it really, that all really has shaped like how I, you know, my, like lo, like seeking love, seeking validation, like just the the sort of inability to like, or not, I don't want to say inability because I've definitely gotten better at it, but like that sort of difficulty with wanting what I have, which is an art, you know, but so it was also interesting this time that as much as I think like, you know, I still have like some quote unquote work to do about like, you know, just being like, all right, this was something good that happened and I shared it. I don't have to feel like ashamed or guilty. Like at the same time, like there, it, there was something also good about the fact that like all that like validation and stuff, or at least my like, can, like the, the checking of the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook, I was like, oh, like I don't like this feeling anymore. Like, maybe I don't need it anymore. Like, maybe my cup's a little fuller now from the inside. And so, like, I don't, like, it's too much. You know, this sort of seeking, seeking, like, it, like this running around, this manic, like, it, like, it, like, it's too much. Like, it's great. I can, you know, but, like, it, and over to, it reminded me, what it really reminded me of was I, when I used to go see the Hugging Saint, Ama, every year when she came to uh, New York. I haven't gone to see her in a couple years. I did see her a couple times in LA, but I would go to see her. And um, when I was around her, um, when I would go see Ama, and I'd be in this sort of like auditorium 
full of, well, it wasn't really an auditorium. I don't know what it was. It was like in a hotel, Hammerstein ballroom or like one of the ballrooms, whatever. I would, I would be sitting there and I'd be with all the people and, um, you know, I felt fuck. I felt high. And it was weird because my first visit to her like came right like two months after I got sober. So it was like bizarre because I really felt like I had been dosed the first time. And I sort of every year would go, like I went every year of my sobriety for a long time, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I lived in New York. I was, I was, I mean, I think I was in New York for 10 years, but I guess I went to see her at least like eight of them that I was eight or nine that I was sober there. And then like a couple more times in LA. So I've gone a lot, but so I would go and I would, I didn't even at first get a hug from her. I would just like sit and just sort of like for hours, just feel like I was in this like deep state of heroin ecstasy. And, you know, people say she's a living saint. Um, you know, I don't know whether I was getting that energy from her. I don't know whether it was just like the beauty of the, like, you know, the, the, the sort of energy of the crowd, but it was like a really deep, like, it was like a really, like, I felt like I was on opiates, like really hard is that's how I would describe it at first. And then I came to kind of learn that it was like more, you know, a meditative state. But like when I first felt it, I really thought I'd been dosed because I didn't know it was possible to feel like that much peace and serenity without drugs, you know? But so, so for years I would go see her and every year when she came and then there was one year, I guess I've probably told this story because I, you know, there's not, there's just not that much like, I mean, you know, a life is a life and whatever, but, um, but, but so maybe like my fifth year, I want to say fourth or fifth year, um, I, I went and I was sitting there, um, maybe it was like my third or fourth, I was sitting there and I was just glomming on, glomming onto the energy. I would just sit there for hours, my eyes closed. Like it was like nodding out, you know, it was like delicious. And I had this thought and it was like, because they would walk people walk around with signs because it's all volunteer. So like everyone, all the jobs at the sort of, it's like a traveling carnival. Like there's like a shot, there's like a bazaar and there's like a cafeteria where they serve food and it's really nice. And um, so somebody who had walked around with a sign that was like, we need dishwashers. And I was like, I was like, maybe I should go do service. And then I was like, no, like just just stay here. Just sit. Like, just feel the fucking juju. Like, this is your treat. And that day, I, like, I literally, I felt like I overdosed on whatever that feeling was of goodness. Like, I got really bad vertigo. I got the spins, and I had to go home in a cab. You know, it was like if you you take too much. Like, I took too much. And it was sort of a lesson for me. Like, I felt like what Ama or, or just, or maybe I was telling myself, you know, like where I was in my spiritual, whatever, um, you know, it was like a lot, like actually like spirituality isn't just like to sit and glom and feel fucking doped. Like, it's actually like, you're going to be of service, like be of service. Like that's like, that's where, that's where it is. You know, not that like sitting and meditating isn't like fucking awesome, but just like there's, there's all, there's other components, right. And you're going to be of service. So every year after that, I would go and sit, um, or I would, I would go and sit, um, and I'd also get a hug, but I would also volunteer to do, um, like there was like a, a baked goods area. And I, I liked doing that, serving the baked, 
the baked goods. Um, although, and it was so funny because the woman who ran the baked goods was just like so precise. Um, she was this German woman and she was just like, like, I'm, I'm like very not hand-eye coordinated or like coordinated. And like, I would like cut the lemon square and there would be like a little bit of crumbs and it would be like waste. And all the money that's collected goes to like Ama's charitable organizations. So I guess like this woman literally saw like any crumb that got wasted was like, you know, like someone going hungry or what, you know, it was like, like money not to be made to then put it, be put in the charitable organization And so, you know, and so she was like really strict with me and I felt like a fucking idiot. But at the same time, it was like always a nice experience because when you're like handing, when you're like serving people baked goods, they're like fucking psyched, you know, like who doesn't want like a brownie square or whatever. So, um, but so that's what this felt like with like the sort of sniffing around for validation. Like I didn't not do it. Like I didn't not check Facebook, Instagram and Twitter like 5,000 times, you know, I did, I did, but I definitely was like, Ooh, this is like, like, mm, like my nerves, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, Ooh, like this is too much. Like this isn't, this isn't maybe what this is actually about. I don't know. So it was like both negative in the sense that I sort of like OD'd yet at the same time, like felt shame and fear, but it was like positive in the sense that I like didn't you know, like look, like I did look outside of myself, but I didn't look to like my mom or whatever, you know? So whatever. I don't even like to say two steps forward, one step back or one step forward, whatever. It's just, it is what it is. But, um, but that was, you know, baby's first announcement. That was, um, that was, and it's also, it's interesting too, because in Hollywood, it's like so many things like this is only the, there's always like steps, right? So you can get like some kind of deal to write something, but then like it never gets filmed or it never makes it to air. You know, there's like so many steps. And when I um when I optioned the Pisces and wrote that script, I was sad that there wasn't going to be like an announcement. You know, there's not enough. And that's still like stuff still happening with that. We'll see. But it's very slow process. But, um, you know, like. I was sad that I didn't have the announcement because, you know, I want to fucking show off to the to the kid I blew in the stairwell who seems to embody, I guess, everything in my life for some reason. But, um, you know, like I was sad I didn't. But but I guess that, you know, Lionsgate or whatever doesn't do an announcement unless like the shit's like underway and like being filmed or whatever. And now I kind of I'm like, oh, OK, that's actually not a bad thing, because now like. People are going to be like, so what's happening with the show? What's happening with the show? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. Like, it could take, like, years. And it could also not happen, you know? Like, it could never make it to – I mean, it depends, like, how good of a fucking thing I write and how – what they need and, you know, whether shit can be filmed in COVID. Like, I mean, there's a million factors. So, in a way, it's kind of like maybe there is something to be said for not having something be public until, like, it actually – happens but but the the really the good the good the best part of all this though I'd say is that I have my health insurance back because um the we've been by I had lost my writer's guild health insurance um because I hadn't sold anything in Hollywood in a bit and also you don't you don't get the writer's guild health insurance through the option you get it through like also getting a writing deal to write something So it was really good that this worked out the way it did because now I'll have health insurance for – I'll have WGA for a few years. And, you know, my husband 
we obviously need really good health insurance. And um, I lost my health insurance in my WGA was up in, I think, June and we've been buying our own and we have to get like pretty good insurance because my husband's on so many different medications and it's just been it like I mean it's been exorbitant it's been fucking insane fucking universal health care but um yeah it's been bad so we'll we'll get writers guild health insurance back probably like December or January so I feel like super super because it's it's good insurance it's really good insurance and I feel super like fucking lucky about that because that means we'll only be without it and like paying out of pocket for like six months um because yeah our shit is fucking expensive because he needs like the Rolls Royce of fucking insurance with all of his with all of his shit um so you know if nothing else health insurance um but yeah I wanted to do um the um, I wanted to do, um, I, I did, I eeny meeny minied mode right before, um, I recorded right before I started, right, actually right before I, you who pissed with my dick, that's not powerful. Um, I eeny meeny miny mode. Um, and the winner who I just emailed is Jordan with a Y Johnson. Congratulations, Jordan Johnson. Um, you will get the prize pack. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, or you're just joining us, hello. Um, I have a book coming out in February called Milk Fed. Um, if you pre-order it and you send an email to eatingaloneinmycar at gmail.com, it has, an, it has a Fig Newton avatar. Um, that's how you know you emailed the right place, eatingaloneinmycar at gmail.com. Um, if you send like proof of pre-order, you will automatically be entered to um, win a fucking prize ass package every other week. I'm doing a drawing and you'll get a signed copy of so sad today, the UK edition, which is like kind of tie dyed and cool and a bunch of random ass shit for my house and a signed mini box of cereal, which by the way, Kellogg's mini packs, I'm like hoarding them. They're like getting harder and harder to find the mini boxes. And like, I'm not just concerned about this for the shod, like for the prize. Like I'm also like these, they're a daily part of my life, cereal mini boxes. Um, and they do have, I've seen the General Mills ones a lot, but like, first of all, I'm not sending someone a signed, like they're like not the box, they're not the baby boxes. They're like those envelopey things. Um, so I don't know what's going on. I really hope they're not being discontinued. I just had my BB cream discontinued and I can't I can't handle both of those things in two months. Um, but um, yeah, so you'll get that. You'll you'll be entered to win that if you pre-order the fucking thing. And um, and then you'll also um, get a link to the Christmas Spectacular episode, which I'm already worried. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I got to get it together to get that thing, like, to figure out how I'm going to do it, like, Zoom, whatever. Um, you know, I'm already worried that, like, everyone will hate me, kind of. Like, oh, like, you'll have, like, told people you're going to do this thing and then you, like, won't get I, I'm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I should have to figure out how to, like, best do it. Like, should it be recorded? I don't know. So anyway, if you have any, if you have any fun, if you have any preferences, you can email me. Um, and I'm wishing you, um, you know, a week where, where some good things happen and, um, your response isn't immediate shame and guilt. And I'll see you on the flip side. That's all.
拜拜。